You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Let's appreciate our worship team. Come on. Amazing. Thank you so much for giving towards the uh, media ministry. Um, we're still trusting God and we know we're making progress. Amen. One step at a time. How many people watch the broadcast in the course of the week? Were you able to watch it? Oh, just one person. Oh my God. We're spending all this money for you not to watch. Hmm? Okay, no problem. Make sure you continue to share, share, and share. Don't your neighbor say, share, 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 share. Okay, so you must continue to share. Share the links, share the messages, and uh, as time goes on, we're going to take it another, to another level. Amen. But these are our humble beginnings. And the Bible says, who hath despised the days of little beginnings? You don't despise little beginnings. Because even God started small with, with the earth. Isn't it? He started small. Just put one couple in the garden. And look at now. Come on. God is powerful. Out of two people. Over seven billion. And still counting. That's the God that we serve. Amen. So don't ever underestimate what God is doing in your life. No matter how little it is, no matter how little it appears. Amen. Uh, I'm aware that many Christians despise little beginnings. They despise little things. And the kingdom of God even also operates like that. Jesus gave the uh, mystery of the mustard seed. Amen. It's like a mustard seed. You see it now. It looks so little. But then with time, it grows and grows and grows. And that's how God is working in your life. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go into the Word of God this evening. And as we go into the Word of God, I thank God for your lives. And I also thank God for our um, TV audience and I believe that the same anointing that is in this room will manifest in their homes, Amen. will manifest in their lives. Amen. God is going to transform them. Amen. Everyone that continues to sit and listen to the anointed word of God cannot be the same. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you. I bless you. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Lord, my God, I just thank you for this lips of clay. You speak through this lips, think through this mind. Thank you for the mind of Christ that I have. And Lord God, let everything flow through the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All right, so we'll be talking about the mind of Christ tonight. Um, we've talked about different aspects of the mind. And 
the more I think about it, the more I go into the Word of God, the more I see how important it is for you to pay attention to what goes on in your mind. It's so important. It's so important. And God took time to give us access to the mind of Christ. And he didn't do that for nothing. He did that for a reason. Okay? So you have access to the mind of Christ. So you can think not just like a mere mortal. Okay? How many people say, oh, well, we're all humans. (laughs) Uh, To err is human. They say to forgive is divine. You know, it's it's not a scripture, but you know, it sounds nice. It sounds nice. But God made you in his image after his likeness. So if God does something, you have in a limited capacity to do exactly what God did or what God does. If God operates in a particular way, you also, by reason of being made in his image after his likeness, have the same capacity, maybe not in an unlimited form, but in a limited form, you can also do the same. And that's why God does not complain when we make things. When man wakes up and decides, okay, I want to, I want to design something. I want to make something like this. It, God doesn't complain. Why? Because that's how he is. Are you getting my point? If you decide, okay, this quality of life I'm living, I need to change it. And I need to do X, Y, Z to change this. Guess what? God looks and says, that's my boy. That's my girl. He doesn't look and say, oh my, what are you trying to do now? What are you trying to prove? No, 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 no. He's actually impressed when you do things like that. So don't be trapped by the limitations of your humanity. That's why Jesus took time to say, the works that I do shall you do. He says, if you believe in me, the works that I do shall you do, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. You see? So, he's saying you can even do more than he did. And, but our limitation has been our thinking. Our limitation has been the way we perceive ourselves, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about our abilities, and what we believe about what God can do in and through us. But Jesus does not bear the same opinion as you. God sees treasure in you. He sees glory in you. He sees power in you. Are you getting me? Yeah. So he sees all of these things in you. Why? Because he put them there. And he put them there for a reason. So that you can glorify his name. So that just as we're singing, let all see how great is our God. 
So people need to see his greatness in you. They need to see his greatness in our lives. Let's look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We start from there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And um, verse, verse 14 he says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They are foolishness to him. So in other words, it's not everything that appears foolish to your natural mind that is actually foolish. Are you getting my point? There are some things that appear foolish, but they are actually not foolish. It depends on the mind that you are using. It depends on the mind you are using. He says, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So there are certain things that the natural mind Your training, your natural training is unable to appreciate certain things. Especially the things of the Spirit. Especially the things of God. And that's why you must not be trapped by your natural mind. Your natural mind is given to you to operate in the natural. Okay? You need to know its limitations. The natural mind is meant for the natural world. But the spiritual mind is meant for the spiritual world. So God gave you both. So that you know when it is natural, you know there are some natural laws that you don't need to be told. That certain things are not good for you. You don't need to be told that it's dumb for you to be putting your hands into the fire. You know, you put the stove on. And the gas is, <laughs> the fire is on, ah, and then you put your hand inside. You are trying to prove. You are trying to say, okay, let's see. Am I anointed? Ah, let me let me try. Now, if you did that, that is dumb. And your natural mind tells you it is wrong to do that. Okay. There are some of us that learn certain things by experience. When we were small, our parents told us, don't do this, and you didn't listen. And you went ahead and did it, and you discovered that they were right. Come on. Yeah. So you learned some natural lessons there. And so the things of the Spirit... The natural mind, the Bible says, cannot understand them, cannot appreciate them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. And then verse 15, he says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. He who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him. Who has known the mind of God to advise him? But we have 
the mind of Christ. Come on, hit your chest, say, I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, we have the mind of Christ. Why would God take time to give you the mind of Christ? You have it. It's yours already. You're not trying to get it. You have it. But are you walking in it? Are you walking in it? That is the question we need to answer. If I have the mind of Christ, then I need to study to find out what is the mind of Christ. I need to know what the mind of Christ is. And I need to know how to walk in the mind of Christ. How to operate in that dimension. Because the mind of Christ enables you to operate like Christ operated. Look at what the scripture says in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 15, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Come on. You see that? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the same guy, this is the same Paul that told us we have the mind of Christ. So he says, you have the mind of Christ already, but now he's saying, let the mind be in you. So in other words, permit it. Permit yourself to think like Jesus thought. Switch from your natural mind to the mind of Christ. Make that switch because it's for your benefit. Okay? And look at what he says about the mind of Christ. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant and, becoming, and coming in the likeness of man. I like the way the NIV puts it. The NIV says, who did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped? So he, although he was God in the flesh, I mean, he was God. I mean, Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. But guess what? While he was on earth, he did not insist on his God attributes. He did not insist on walking in his God powers. He did not insist on carrying the same glory that he had before eternity. I mean, before time begun, in eternity past. He did not insist on walking with that. He let go of that. He emptied himself. He emptied himself of those attributes. So he's saying, let this mind be in you. In other words, what is he talking about? It's a mind of humility. Okay. Humility is a cardinal aspect of the mind of Christ. And every single one of us needs to grow in humility. We need to grow in humility. Because the human nature, the natural mind, actually one of the things that John makes us to understand about the world is that the world is made up of the pride of life. 
Lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. So if you walk just in the natural, that's what will be your, your way of thinking. You will only be thinking lust and pride. You see? So the natural man, the natural man does not understand what's wrong with what what's 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 this big deal about humility? Why should you humble yourself? Actually, you should blow yourself up. <laughs> huh? Inflate yourself. So now people can see that you're around. Now that might work in the natural, but in the realm of the spirit, I'm telling you, it won't work. Because the fastest way to get out of grace is to walk in pride. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Do you understand? So that's why even if you are strong, you need to be humble about your strength. If you are skilled, you need to be humble about your skills. If you are able, you need to be humble about it. Why? Because the Bible says there's nothing you have that you did not receive. So how can you boast about what was given to you? Doesn't make sense, right? Imagine you walk up to somebody and then you just decide, okay, out of your benevolence, you know, you're just so blessed. Uh, because I know some of you are going to be so blessed like that. You just, you just walk up to this person and say, ah, you know, why are you always, why are you always trekking, you know? You need to do something about it. And then just, just tell them, go and meet Irene and tell her to give you one. Let her just arrange one, you know, one of those, just one. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'll take care of it. So you just go to Irene and then she tells you, okay, these are the options you have. You know, what do you want? What specs do you want? Do you want uh, discovery? Do you want... Huh? <laughs> Do you want discovery? Do you want jag? Do you want uh, uh, sport? The sport, okay. Whatever you want. And then you just drive out of that place and you are now proud. <laughs> I mean, isn't that strange? You drive out of that place now and you are like, yeah, you know, guys, just, you know, I'm just too much. Look at what I did. <laughs> Look at what I got for myself. So that's how God looks at us when we walk in pride. Okay? You're smart, but you didn't make yourself smart. Come on. Yeah. You're blessed, but you didn't bless yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you have so much, but you didn't give yourself. Because there are, in case you don't know, you, you go read your Bible, 
the Bible says that there are people that God gives the duty of amassing, you know, wealth. But he doesn't give them the power to enjoy it. So they amass it so that God can now transfer it to some other people. So if you are able to sleep well, you need to thank God. You can't be boastful that you can sleep. Because there are people who struggle to sleep. You know, some of us are so gifted, we don't, we don't have any problem sleeping anywhere, anytime. We just decide. Okay? Yeah. Um, I just tell my wife, okay, I, I, just, I just need to sleep for about 30 minutes. So can you wake me up in 30 minutes? And I've hit the pillow. And, she's, and I'm gone. And she's like, how? So I said to her, it's a gift. <laughs> it is a gift. I can't be proud about it. You, know, you get my point? I can't. Yeah, it is a gift. It's a gift. Oh, you see yourself, you can walk. And then you are now proud that you can walk. It, it doesn't make sense. Oh, you have energy. Then you, you, you're proud of the fact that you have... It, it's, you didn't give it to yourself. So the Bible makes it very clear. What have you got that you did not receive? Tell me one thing you have that you didn't receive. Just mention it and I'll, and I'll prove to you that you received it. Oh, well, it's my hard work. Don't you know people who are working harder than you that didn't get what you have? And, and I'm not undermining hard work, but I'm saying that you need to give honor to where honor is due. If God gave you that ability, it belongs to him. But he just decided to share it with you. Okay? So, the mind of Christ is the mind of humility. So you can't be dealing with people pridefully because you are more capable than them. You are, there's something wrong with you. You need to adjust that mindset. It won't take you far. And do you know that that's one of the reasons why God does not, is, is not using us as he should. Why? Because we can't handle it. Our minds cannot handle it. Because all you need is just a little platform and then you become something else. Nobody can advise you anymore. Huh? You're now so anointed that you can't be advised. Because you can now, you have a few revelations from the scriptures. Now nobody can advise you. What kind of a mind is that? How can God trust that kind of a person with more? He would. Amen. So the mind of Christ that 
this is the number one thing that we see about the mind of Christ. Humility. He did not make himself of any reputation. All right? Although he was God in the flesh, he agreed to be man. He agreed to suffer hunger. He agreed to suffer lack. Huh? At least those, although he had ways of addressing those. All right? When there was no money for tax, he knew how to get it from the mouth of the fish. But it wasn't there. Judas had finished it. <laughs> you see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you can imagine that he has a, a treasurer who is a thief. And yet he doesn't fire him. What kind of a mind is that? Can you do that? How many people have businesses? You, you, you have a business? Will you, will you have... Will you... <laughs> will you employ a thief? Someone who you know is a thief. You won't. Unless your business is stealing. Okay. <laughs> But even if your business is stealing, he's going to steal from you. Unless you need his experience, his expertise, in order to, you know, to do better at your stealing business. Yeah. But you see, the mind of Christ, that should tell you that the mind of Christ doesn't think scarcity. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how. He says, take no thought. Oh, don't be stressed about tomorrow. Christ does not think like that. He says, it's the Gentiles that think like that. They are worried about what, what will I eat? What will I wear? What will I... That is all that occupies their mind. He says, don't be like that. The birds don't think like that. How much more you who is made in God's image? Huh? They neither sow nor reap. They don't go to farm. They don't cultivate. But yet they eat on a daily basis. So the mind of Christ does not allow life to put pressure on it. Okay? So if you are going to walk with God, this thing, this is like ABCs. You must get this right. You must get this right. Stop stressing about tomorrow. You are a king and a priest before God. Begin to think like one. And that's why God decided to give you the mind of Christ. So that you can live above the natural limitations. You can live above whatever it is that life is saying. And this is not denying natural situations. 
but you are rising above them. Hallelujah. You're rising above them. And I'm saying to myself, okay, although we have these natural limitations, in the spirit we don't have the same limitations. Glory to God. The mind of Christ. I was looking at, I was, I was you know, thinking about how Jesus, how Jesus thinks. And I want to show you a scripture in John chapter 17. Let's look at John chapter 17. It's amazing. Jesus is praying. This is towards the end of his ministry. Now he's praying to the Father. If you like, you can call it the high priestly prayer or the Lord's Prayer. This is the real Lord's Prayer because this is the prayer the Lord prayed. Okay? The other one was what he taught the disciples to pray. But this was his own prayer. Huh? Where he prays for himself and he prays for the disciples and he prays, he prays for you and I. But I found something in this prayer which is very interesting. Chapter 17 of St. John's Gospel. Verse 6, it says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Then I'll skip down. It says, verse 9, it says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So Jesus is not making intercession for the world. Yeah, go read the book of Hebrews. He, he ever lives to make intercession for the saints, not for the world. You and I are the ones to make intercession for the world. Jesus is making intercession for the saints. Okay? So he says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for these ones. All right? I'm praying for these ones. And then he says, uh, in verse 10, he says, And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now look at verse 11. Very interesting. Now, he says, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be as we are. Question, where was Jesus when he was making this statement? Huh? Was he in heaven? Huh? But look at what he says. I am no longer in the world. Was he lying? You see how the mind of Christ works? So the way the mind of Christ works is that even if you are trapped, you need to see yourself not trapped. Glory to God. It's a limitless mind. He says, 
now. He didn't say in future. He says now. As he's praying. He says, I'm no longer in the world. But he's standing physically there. Praying. (laughs) That's why I started by reading that the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. They are foolishness to him. He doesn't understand. It's like, can you imagine someone listening to Jesus praying this prayer? He says, I'm not here anymore. They say, we've said it. (laughs) He has lost his mind now. (laughs) Too much stress. (laughs) Yeah. Too much stress. Or whatever. You know? But no, Jesus is the mind of Christ, the way it works. It's not, it's not um, restricted by circumstances. It's not restricted by environment. It's not restricted by earthly things. So even if you are in a pit, see yourself out of the pit. Glory to God. See yourself out of that pit. Don't allow the enemy to trick you into agreeing with him. Don't allow the enemy to trick you into accepting the picture he has painted for you. Because that's what is happening to many of us. Amen? So the mind of Christ is so powerful. Why would God give us the mind of Christ? Because he wants us to break every barrier. He wants us to break those limitations. So, okay, I am so weak. See yourself strong. (laughs) Yeah, Because if Christ is not weak, why should the natural situation become your spiritual reality? It shouldn't. Hallelujah. I have the mind of Christ. And I've been praying, God, help us to break out of the confinement of our experiences. The confinement of our natural limitations. The confinement of our natural bodies. You know that this human body, this body is a limitation on its own. Hmm? He said of the disciples, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You want to do this, but then your flesh is telling you, no, you can't. Just, you know, you're not okay. You're not okay. But God is saying to you, do this, and now your body is advising you. Your body begins to advise you whether or not to obey God. The Lord is saying, go and minister to this person for me. But guess what? Your mind is advising you. Your natural mind is advising you that you don't have what it takes to lead that person to Christ. (laughs) You don't know as much scripture. You have not mastered Jesus at the door training. 
Huh? Don't allow that to limit you. It doesn't matter what you have, what you know. It's enough. God can use that. God can use what you already know. In fact, you know more than many people already. I remember years ago, this brother just got born again. And he was so excited and wanted to reach out, go and share the good news to others. And guess what? He only knew one scripture. And that scripture was, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So he didn't know much. He didn't know how to, you know, how to do the God test. He, 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 didn't, know, he didn't know anything. He, all he knew was, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? He didn't even know where it was located. But he just knew the scripture. So guess what? He was just going, everyone he met, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And people were like, hello. <laughs> but he just continued. And guess what? He met someone and he said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And the person started weeping. The pastor started weeping. So he didn't even know what to do. He said, okay, fo follow me. And then took him to church and said, Let, my pastor will t explain to you. <laughs> do you get my point? But you see, what he had was enough. He didn't allow the limited knowledge he had to stop him from doing what he was prompted by the Spirit of God to do. He stepped out and began to do it with what he knew. And that's all it takes. So the mind of Christ will always say, what do you have? Let's begin with that. Hmm? Remember the five, the 5,000 that were fed? What do you have? And he used that. Peter is toiling throughout the night, caught nothing. And the master just says, cast your net to the other side. That's all. The same net they've been using all night and caught nothing. They didn't get a new net. It's the same net that they cast on the other side. Oh my, the boat started sinking. What a harvest. So the mind of Christ is just about what is the Father saying? What is the Word of God saying? And He does that. That's, that's what matters the most to the mind of Christ. It's not the situation. The situation is immaterial. The most important thing to the mind of Christ is the will of the Father. So the mind of Christ prioritizes the will of the Father above every other will. 
prioritizes the will of the Father even above his personal needs. And you see that in John chapter 4, when the disciples, uh, when Jesus sent the disciples to go and buy something for them to eat. Remember when they went to Samaria, they went through Samaria? And the disciples went. By the way, Jesus was hungry when he sent them. <laughs> but by the time, by the time the disciples came back, Jesus was busy with the Samaritan woman, you know, engaging her in a conversation. And, and this guy said, Master, the food is here. Eat. The same person who was hungry says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So, in other words, the will of the Father was of a higher priority than his need for food. That's how the mind of Christ works. Now, if you are the kind of Christian that the only thing that matters to you is your personal need and not the kingdom of God or the will of the Father, then you're not walking in the mind of Christ. You're walking in the natural mind. And the natural mind keeps you perpetually on the earth. You just you experience what everybody on earth is experiencing. You cannot get into the level where you experience what people in heaven are experiencing. <laughs> are you getting my point? So we need to develop that mind of Christ. We need to begin to walk in it. We need to begin to grow in it. We need to learn how to walk in the mind of Christ because you already have it. And Paul said, let this mind be in you. So you need to make room for the mind of Christ in your mind. Make room for the mind of Christ in your mind. If you don't, your natural mind is what will rule your life. And I'm telling you, the natural... Do you know that thoughts, in the realm of the spirit, thoughts are... Thoughts are matter. Thoughts are substance in the spirit. You know, you just think, oh, you know, just thoughts. I'm just thinking. But the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So in other words, matter is anything that, has, that is able to occupy space. Huh? And has mass. Right? Is that not? Yeah. And you know that matter is in different states. There are different states of matter. Thought is matter. So, whatever thought you allow, if you allow just the earthly thoughts, guess what? It's matter. It's, it's weight you're carrying in the spirit. 
I remember when I used to when I used to gym with uh, Bungui, and he tortured me, this guy. <laughs> oh my God. God forgive you. <laughs> he would ask me to carry some, some, some weights. And he's telling me to do some things. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> he said, no, pastor, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> you see how nice he looks and you know just wait till you meet him in the gym he's a different person there <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> yeah so I'm carrying this thing and I'm like why why am I disturbing myself <laughs> who sentenced me to this I guess it's good for my body, right? But I'm telling you that there are some thoughts that you are carrying that are not good for you. They're not good for you. Yeah. You can't run with them. You know? Because like somebody, you, you're, you're, you're trying to run with uh, 20 kgs. Huh? What? Ten here, ten here, and you are trying to run. How far can you go with that? How far can you go with that? That's what we're doing because earthly thoughts are sentenced to the earth. Do you get my point? Yeah. Earthly thoughts are sentenced to the earth, and the earth is ground level. You can never ascend with earthly thoughts. You cannot ascend to the level that God has for you with just earthly thoughts. So what you need to do is to put earthly thoughts where they belong and then take the mind of Christ. Because with the mind of Christ, you can ascend. Hallelujah. You can break barriers with the mind of Christ. With the mind of Christ, you can walk on water. Hallelujah. That's how the mind of Christ works. But the earthly thoughts, the earthly mind, you will sink. The weight is too much. You cannot rise. You cannot walk on water with earthly thoughts. Because it's going to weigh you down. So... If you're going to fight disease, there is a kind of mind you need to have. Hallelujah. So when you now begin to take the word of God, and the word of God, the mind of Christ, we see it in the word of God. The Bible is God's thoughts in writing. Hallelujah. Is God's thoughts in writing. So when you take the word of God, when you take the word of God and start applying it to your mind, start feeding your mind with the word of God. Fill your mind with the word of God. Then it is going to give you 
the substance you need. Hallelujah. It will give you the energy you need. It will give you the ability you need to rise out of where you are to where you ought to be. That's how it works. So there are some things I'm feeding my mind with right now. There are some scriptures I'm feeding my mind with right now. Why? Because I've seen, okay, this, this barrier, I need to break this. Okay? So what do you do? I take certain scriptures and I begin to apply them consistently until I break that. Christians today are so lazy, that's why they're deceived. They're looking for somebody that will give them a quick fix. And that's why they don't grow. They don't grow. So somebody will give you something to drink. If you swallow it, then it will just change your life. Who? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So guess what? I now decide to say, okay, fine, since there is a need, you know, there is law of demand and supply. Hmm? So, since there is a need for things that people can swallow that will change their lives, I need to just put a price and people will pay for it. (laughs) You see how people merchandise the things of God. Right? Well, they are not even debatable. So, I just take this and I say, okay, fine. Now, you know, this water, this water has the capacity to transform your life. Anybody, this, in fact, I was on the mountain for 40 days. (laughs) And when I got to this mountain, an angel appeared to me and gave me this water. And he said to me, I just need to put a drop in any, just one drop is enough. It will change anybody's life. Whatever problem it is you have, if you are barren, you drink this water, you will become fruitful. If your business is going down, you drink this water, it will resurrect your business. Whatever you want, just drink this water. But uh, this water, you know, you just need to pay 10000 for this water. And then I have boxes of them. Boxes of them. And people be trooping the magic water. And then I'll just come up with a creative name. Just come up with a name for the water. Hmm? Hmm? Breakthrough water. I say, now, if, if you break through water by having a special, it's now, you know, Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday price, 10,000. From next week, it will be 20. 50% off. Change your life with breakthrough water. This water, it was when I went to the mountain in Jerusalem. 
That's where I got this water from. And this can transform your life. And you find people gullible. Paul said, who has bewitched you? Oh, foolish Galatians. Have you begun in the spirit? Now you are, you are perfecting it in the flesh. This is bewitchment. So if you don't walk in the mind of Christ, you will be easily deceived. You will be witched. Yeah. So it's time for us not to be trapped in the natural mind. I want you to see that God has given you the ability to get out of that situation without any gimmicks. Another thing about the, law, the, 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 the mind of Christ is that it loves. It's a mind, not, just, not only is it humble, not only does it prioritize the will of the Father, huh? not only is it a mind that walks in faith, but it's a mind of love. Look at uh, Ephesians. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. My Lord, I want you to know that if you can master this, you're going to go far with God. Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus in chapter 3 of Ephesians. And one of the things he says that in verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Come on. There is a love that passes knowledge. All right? It says it passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So if you're going to be filled with all the fullness of God, you need this love of Christ that passes knowledge. And what does that mean, the love that passes knowledge? What it means is this. How many people, you know, you know somebody, when you met this person, you, you, were just, you just felt this was the best person in the world. Right? Then you got close, and then you start discovering, oh, oh, <laughs> this person is not the kind of person I thought. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because in every relationship, there is the point of attraction. I break it into three. I said there's attraction, then there's a point of revelation before you get to covenant. Okay? Yeah, it's just like in any relationship. You, those of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. You thought this guy was the best guy in the world. And then after you find that, you know, he keeps his socks here. And he's, you know, it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Come on, guys. 
So the love of Christ passes knowledge. In other words, the fact that you now know things about that person does not change your love for the person. And this is one thing that has helped me a lot in pastoring. Because if I'm to follow what I know, oh my God. If I'm to follow what I know, there'll be no church remaining. Yeah. Sometimes God will reveal things to you. Sometimes you, sometimes you just pick, you walk past people, you just know certain things. But then you, ha- you still have to love the person despite what you know. Let me tell you, nobody is perfect. Are you getting my point? So stop looking for perfect people. You won't find them. And if you find them, don't relate with them because you will corrupt them. <laughs> yeah, you will. So because you are not perfect. Okay. So um, the, the love of Christ is, is that, that that's, that's how the mind of Christ works. So he now knows. That's why you can see for him to deal with Judas the way he did. He knew this guy is a thief. And he says, a friend. He's calling this guy a friend. And he knows this guy is going to betray him. He even, de- he even said it. This guy is going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. And he knew who it was. He was not guessing. He knew. But yet, he was still loving him. So that's one of the reasons why some people, God cannot usher them into the prophetic. Because if he allows them to just know some things, oh my God. Yeah, they can't handle it. They can't handle it. Now, I'm not saying you should trust everybody. Listen, you, if you do that, you're on your own. God didn't send you on that one. Okay? But your duty is to love everybody. Not trust everybody. Are you getting my point? So don't be naive that, oh, well, okay, you know, I have the mind of Christ, so, you know, I just trust everybody. If you do that, you're a fool. Don't do that. Even God tests before he trusts or he entrusts. Are you getting me? So you need to be like that as well. You need to prove people. But don't allow what you know about people to make you to now start hating them. To make you to now start looking down on them. Don't do that. It's not good. The mind of Christ doesn't work like that. Don't allow what you know about people to, to make you to now begin to, you know, um, say things about them. It's not okay. Don't do that. Amen? So, you have the mind of Christ. So, you need to operate like that. Otherwise, you'll be so offended every day. The moment you get close to people, that's why some people can't keep relationships. Because the moment they get close, they don't realize, oh, oh. 
It's off. And they do it in the name of righteousness. But you can't be more righteous than Christ. How can Jesus be friend of sinners? They, I mean, this is the holy son of God. Perfect man. Never sinned. Never lost it. Never told a lie. Never thought an evil thought. And he's sitting down with Zacchaeus. Huh? Who has manipulated <laughs> the tax figures. And then he's there with John and James, sons of thunder. You know, who are trying to create positions for themselves in the kingdom of God. One to your right, one to the left. He got all those people together. How was he able to manage those kind of people? Diverse people. Huh? You have zealots. Huh? Simon the zealot. Zealots want to, they want to kill everybody who is not Jew. Huh? Then you have Matthew, a tax collector. Then you have Judas, a thief. They, he, he was able to form this kind of team. And then change the world. I want that kind of mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want that kind of mind. That is the mind of Christ. The love that passes knowledge. The love that can lay down your life. Greater love has no man than this. That a man should lay down his life for a friend. Why don't you just begin to talk to God? Just tell the Lord. Lord. Help me. I want to walk in the mind of Christ. Because the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ knows that true wealth is in people. It values people. Mighty God. Mighty God. We bless your name. Come on. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. The mind of Christ is not judgmental. The mind of Christ is loving. Even if you are not perfect, you are striving to get there. That's the mind of Christ. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We bless your name. Let the mind of Christ be imposed over our minds. Ask the Lord to impose the mind of Christ over your mind. That the natural mind is not going to hinder you from working in your calling, from working in your purposes. That your weaknesses will not hinder you from walking with God. Because you have the mind of Christ. Mighty God. We thank you, Lord. 
If you are going to walk in unconditional love, you need to have this mind, which was in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We give you praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to break bread now. And as we break bread, there's no better time. There's no better time to become one with Christ in His mind. In your mind and the mind of Christ. As you partake, as you take of these emblems, just say to yourself, my mind is now one with the mind of Christ. I think and I hold the thoughts and the purposes of God in my mind. Thank you, Lord. As we partake, the wafer symbolizes the body of Jesus and the cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Now he has paid the price. He has paid the price. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what, you know, I don't know the disappointments you have faced. But I want you to know that most people disappoint you not because they plan to, but because they are weak. Because they are natural. If there's anybody that's wronged you, I want you to forgive that person. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I forgive this person for what they've done. I release them. Even people that are scheming against you, I want you to know that with the mind of Christ, you will always come out on top. You will never fail because Jesus never fails. With the mind of Christ, even though he was being crucified, he could still forgive. He could still intercede for the people that were killing him. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. That's how the mind of Christ works. So I want you to pray for those people, whoever it is. And even for yourself, that you will not be an offense to people around you. You're not going to be a source of pain. Jabez prayed for himself. You're not going to be a source of pain. The mind of Christ does not inflict pain on people. The mind of Christ liberates people. The mind of Christ is a compassionate heart. It's a mind that is easily moved with compassion. It sees the pains of people. It sees the weaknesses of people. And it's able to intercede for people. The mind of Christ is able to pray for people. Can you imagine if Jesus had just made one decree because of how people treated him? He could have destroyed the whole nation 
just with one word. He had the power to do it, but he didn't. That's the mind of Christ. That's the mind I'm talking about. That God can entrust you with power and he knows you won't abuse the power. That God will entrust you with so much glory and he knows you won't abuse it. Father, help us. Lord, forgive us for the times we have failed in these areas. Help us, O oh Father. Strengthen us. Let the mind of Christ be imposed over our minds. Let your thoughts and your purposes dominate our minds. Forgive us for allowing the circumstances of life to limit us. Forgive us for allowing our situations to limit us from obeying you, from serving you, from being faithful, from being fruitful. Lord, my God, forgive us. Have mercy upon us. Help us, O oh God. Let the mind of Christ manifest in every single one, every one of us, as we partake of these emblems. We trust you. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.